Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Um, Jerome might be uh, a little introverted uh, while he is working on some audio issues. So uh, it's not that we are ignoring him or not allowing him to um, uh, come or to speak, to, to join us, to join in the conversation. It's just that he's having some sound problems. So hopefully we get it fixed so we can hear him speak. Um, and beyond that, those of you watching out there, we're going to be discussing introverts, extroverts, ambiverts, omniverts, which I, sounds like eating habits at this point, um, uh, uh, and, um, and how to coach them and, and what it's like to coach. And maybe even those are some personalities of our coaches and, and what it's like to be coaches as those personality types. Also, if you're watching and you have questions, you want to join in the conversation, we are begging you, begging you to please join in the conversation, comment, share, uh, talk to us. We want to hear from you. We want it. We really, really do. Because it's always more interesting when we hear back from you guys while we're doing this process. That's why we do it live. So we can hear from you. So uh, with that, I'm going to shut up and let uh, the um, other ambiverts in the room speak. <laughs> Was that true? Did we all take that test? And is that what we all came up as? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was for our listeners, this was not a psychologically rigorous test in the least bit. It's like a 10 question test. And on, if you um, pick the middle answer, you were going to get ambivert yeah. uh, if you didn't figure that out. They didn't I even felt, figure I felt like, it. Yeah, it wasn't rocket science. Yeah. yeah. I felt like taking that test, it was like, because you had like three choices for every question. It's like, you're either, it's, here's it's the obvious. normal answer, here's the neurotic, like, stay at home shut in answer it was extreme it was like he was taking it too yeah, it was extreme. um but we i think we all got ambivert which means we're normal i will uh, say so one of the the things that i i think it's the best gauge for for these kind of things like when rather than taking a test when somebody is like explaining and and like detailed explaining and explaining the good and the bad the where you feel the most like awkward like like oh god this could be me when the bad things are being explained you're like oh yeah that's oh ooh, that hurts because that's kind of ringing true um that's probably where you're lying i think that's a better test it's like just tap into like your insecurities when people are explaining things and then that's sort of uh i, I find a good way to gauge where you fall um and i think it's not fair to, to entirely say people are all one thing or the other because we can be different things at different times for different reasons in our lives but we're going to still paint with these brushes anyways, because that's what we do. <laughs> um, I think before we continue, though, like let's maybe we should establish our terms. Um, I'm sure we've all heard of introvert and extrovert. Uh, what do you guys what do you guys think an introvert is? What do you guys think an extrovert is? I, I think one of the simplest ways back in the day when I was doing all those workshops and being a part of the workshops, the way that they described it, it's how you, uh, you know, if your your body was a battery, it's how you uh, refuel that battery. If you're a person who likes to go home and be by yourself and 
recover and refuel your system that way. You're an introvert. If you tend to get and draw off the energy of others, um, that you tended to be more of an extrovert. That's I not. Yeah, I think it's one facet of this in this space. Absolutely. That yeah, it's not an all end all be all because there's so many other bits, right? Yeah, but I absolutely think that that tends to be true of, of people who are introverts. They tend to feel drained when around a lot of people and then feel like they're more energized when they are able to get time to themselves. And then the extroverts probably feel more energetic. Uh, when they're around other people, which just makes them energy vampires, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, they feel more drained when they're alone. Um, I don't think it's, uh, there are a lot of sort of cliches, I think, that go along with this that we'll do our best to address and avoid at the same time, I guess. Um, <laughs> what else, How uh, in other, what other ways is an introvert or an extrovert um, explained before we delve into what the ambient omna are <laughs> um introverts are quiet nerds um <laughs> I like that you, like, can't get girlfriends <laughs> extroverts are cool uh you know guys like me well it's good because i tend to if i'm an ambivert i tend to sort of lean towards the extrovert side of things but i definitely switch between the two <laughs> Well, this is, okay, so let me let me take a, a step back. What I see online a lot, like people will take like they'll make this into like a black and white thing, and like if you look up on Urban Dictionary the definition of introverts and extroverts, you can tell who wrote those definitions, and it was people who self-identified. <laughs> because you know, Urban Dictionary is a viable source. <laughs> that is a, definitely a viable source. I would recommend people. It is because people. I okay. Let me let me say. I think it is somewhat reliable in the sense that people self-report all the time. Oh, I'm introverted. I'm extroverted without like any sort of psychological background. Um, They'll just sort of say these statements and then make statements about the other side, um, whether the other people are extroverts or introverts. They'll make up these weird definitions. Um, I think so. Do themselves. One of the things is is situ situationally too. I think it can change in people, but maybe that's what makes the ambivert. Um, Jen, what's what makes an introvert or an extrovert to you? Well, I, I like Lisa's uh, take on it about how we refuel or recharge. I guess for me, what I would add to that would be where you feel most alive, um, whether you go inward or whether you seek external. And definitely an ambivert. Because like it's both for me. It's like hardcore both for me. Uh, no doubt, both. Um, and I do suffer from the FOMO. Like the, the, I could do both that indecisive, like I could totally go both ways, but yeah. when I finally have to decide, I'm always like, well, I wonder if the other one would have been better. <laughs> um, whereas it's not like a hard and fast, I want to be out. I want to be in, uh, so the, I guess the, the plight of the ambivert. <laughs> well, it's, I can re, re reflect on myself. It's like, I'm home. I don't want to go out, but once I'm out. I have a good time and I connect and I talk and that is amen that is like the hardest thing like getting me out is like yeah. the hard once I'm out I'm good but the process of like dragging me out the door can be <laughs> maybe it's just that I'm like 
I'm content wherever I'm at. And the idea of having to switch locations is really the biggest obstacle for me. So you um, should always be out and about and that's like your default. It's just, I'm always happy where I'm at, I guess. <laughs> um. I feel so, like I've grown into more of an introvert as I've gotten older, but like when I was younger, I was very much so an extrovert and I don't know. Has that happened to anyone else? Have you shifted a little bit in that respect? The, the shift is opposite for me as I was very, uh, never spoke, never, um, gave an opinion really just, I was very quiet, especially then. And then now Brooke and I take, try and take turns, <laughs> but a lot of the times you'll hear us over speak each other. So I have that ability today because I found, I found my voice and I learned that what I had to say is equally as important as anybody else's. As I was growing up, that didn't happen though. I had the opposite problem. I've never shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like I am uh, my babbling Brooke, like the ongoing nickname in my family it makes perfect. She's babbling Brooke. I have been a talkative bossy girl since I was a child. So like I have to practice the art of shutting up. <laughs> which can be difficult for me at times absolutely <laughs> jerome said that of, he's the same uh, sorry go ahead anthony oh yeah let's listen to what jerome has to say <laughs> <laughs> jerome says he's the same in the the movement from more introverted to more extroverted now i took i took some classes back in college and one of the classes you know in those beginning classes the um speaker what what the heck was it called? where you you had to stand up what is that class called oh speech like public speaking yeah like public speaking and i'm like are you kidding me i can't do this but i eventually learned how to do that and then i was on the path to become a teacher and one of the classes i took was an improv class and that took it over to the other side definitely I think too, and I, I'm totally speaking not for myself, but I can imagine, but maybe it's true like the opposite way for me, uh, but I would think you probably have a great, greater appreciation of be like the opportunity to express that extroverted side of yourself than somebody who's just innately been that way. <laughs> um, because I would imagine that, that it's like, this is awesome. I can do, you know, I'm doing improv. I'm on a stage. This is so cool for me, which is also cool for me. But at the same time, it's like, I'm always loud and obnoxious. I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also the other part is that I got to practice when teaching in person that really helped enormously get me through it. I was able to say short things like I could say, you know, a paragraph out loud and in front, but stand up there and do a whole class. That was, that took a little different behavior. And I had to find that, find for me in my space, how could I get comfortable in that space? And part of it was getting into that listening, something we were reading for today's live is that I listened to everybody else first. And then I find my comfort and then I can get into that extrovert teaching position. You look like you were gonna say something, Jim. 
Um, I just wanted to welcome back Jerome. <laughs> so just so uh, to sort of reference what we've been uh, give a little bit of reference, essentially uh, we've it's, it's in the intro extra. Uh, intro tends to be somebody who is more thoughtful, uh, doesn't just, you know, they think before they speak, they're quieter, um, tend to like to be by themselves. These are just what we, what we hear, tend to, uh, to, to like Lisa said, re-energize when they're by themselves, um, less likely to be drawn to be in large groups of people, um, probably less talkative, especially when they're in situations that they are uncomfortable or in places they don't trust. Um, extrovert would be the opposite of all those things. Um, <laughs> uh, what is an ambivert and what is an omnivert? I think ambivert means that you swing both ways. Um, <laughs> Actually, I would say the omnivert is swinging both ways. Um, what's the ambivert? Ambivert, so you're either one or the other? Well, ambivert is a balance between mm -hmm. introvert and extrovert. So you're, you're able to sort of call on those things as you need and in, in, in a space that you are sort of just in this like more balanced where you can do either. It's not the end of the world. You're good. Yeah. Where the other flip side of the, the omnivert is somebody who is sort of swings dramatically between them. They are very extroverted or very introverted based on what the situation calls, but it's kind of um, jarring, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and so they have less of, mind you, it's not it's, that it's a bad thing, but they have less there. It's whereas the amni and amnivert sort of walks a balance. So it doesn't feel too crazy. The other one feels like a flip and a flop. It sounds like the difference between being, um, I guess a neurotypical person and somebody who's like manic depressive um, where the, there's this sort of middle ground, but then you can swing to the extreme sometimes, maybe even to your own detriment. Um, it, or like, if, you don't, if you would rather be one way or the other, you can't really control um, it. And there's evidence to suggest too, that when we talk about extroversion, introversion, these aren't descriptive terms of behaviors, but literally your brain is different. I'm looking at uh, two different studies where it says that there's evidence that the brain is different from an extroverted person versus an introverted person, where the extroverted pers person, their reward system, where their dopamine, you know, kind of goes, um, are in the parts of the brain that I think it's called the amygdala and the nucleus accumbens. Don't know what that is. But it rewards external um, stimulus. It, so, you know, things that are happening in the external world that are coming in, you get rewarded for that. So social situations, social challenges, taking risks, things like that, extroverted. The introvert, however, um, has less of that going on and more of the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex stuff, which has to do with decision making and... Um, I guess, sort of internal thought and abstract thought. So there might, you know, you might be extroverted, introverted, and there's not really much you can do about it. Um, that's I the wonder what, required. I wonder what the incidence is too of like, like, um, co like, like with ADHD, uh, one of the things with ADHD is that, that we, uh, it's, it sounded similar when you were explaining extroversion to a lot of things, but I also 
definitely am an introvert. I have my introvert moments. Like I ha I'm a quiet and pensive person when I'm by myself. Um, and I, I need that in my life, but I do need to be around people because they definitely like, I need both. I need it. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's interesting as you share that. I wonder if, you know, people with ADHD, like I have tend to fall and be more, a little more extroverted and, you know, when I'm medicated and, and I'm taking my medicine, I'm probably uh, more balanced than if I'm if I'm not taking it. I probably swing more towards the extroverted realm because I'm like I gotta go do things and get the ex external stimuli going. Like you know, so yeah. So how does this relate to coaching then? Exactly. Uh, let's say when we're talking about clients who are not falling, I guess, in the middle of the bell curve. Cause those are just like, you wouldn't really probably think of them as extroverted or introverted innately, but if we go to the extremes, a uh, hyper introverted or a hyper extroverted client, what kind of problems do you think that they would encounter, you know, either in the session or in their day-to-day -day life? Well, I think before we go there, I could see the coach that goes, Oh my God, my client is an introvert. They're quiet. They, they're not talking a lot. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, and I could see how that might, for a coach who is uh, used to maybe getting answers to questions and, and having a more of uh, sessions that have more conversation in them, um, having a lot of silence. Um, and I could imagine that could be difficult for the coach a bit, possibly, maybe. In this I know because we're, we're taught as coaches to hold the silence. Um, maybe we're taught that because coaches are naturally extroverted, so they have to learn how to, you know, pipe down for a little bit. But the extrovert or the introverted client may be holding silence because they're thinking about their answer, or maybe they are maybe hyper aware of how they should answer to please the coach or you know, stuff like that. They might not be in the session in a natural sense or like as a natural conversation. Um, I'd also I, like to say it's probably pretty hard to coach an ambivert because they're probably indecisive. Like they're probably, you know, they're probably the, the worst, like, well, I could do that or this. Uh, that sounds good or this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could imagine that being a problem. <laughs> I just realized I'm probably pretty hard to coach then. Because, yeah, I, I have often have said this, that I can see all sides of things, you know, I can see this side and that side. And while I have learned to overcome my, um, I believe I'm amb ambivert, I have believe I've had the ability to overcome and make decisions. <clears throat> but when it comes to coaching my clients, I can totally see the sides. So I really do not come from a place that anything's right and wrong. And sometimes even with my friends, they have called me on this and I go, I, I don't see it that way. So with clients, helping them find their at peace, that's patience, right? That patience and letting them process how they need to process. When you have that space where you're in a trusting space with each other, an introvert is not withholding. That's the difference. Right. A lot of times people will misinterpret that silence for that. 
I also know in brainstorming, so especially with group brainstorming, a great deal of the time people leave the introverts out <laughs> um, because brainstorming sessions tend to be something that happened like with a group of people or in, and it's not an introvert's natural inclination to be more verbal. Sometimes they want to write it. Sometimes they uh, want to go and think about it and then bring their answers back later. And it's because they're very, there's a lot more thought going in. And so um, there are actually folks who have a, there are ways to brainstorm that address this. And I think that that can be adop adopted into a coaching space very well is, I mean, uh, may, I mean, maybe it's exploring what is the best way with, for your introverted client to explore the thoughts and the options. And, and, and is it that talking it through, or is it something where you write about it and we figure out and we go over that at a different time or something like that. Um, but embracing the introverts way of thinking and, and doing, and um, being open to that process, I think would be very important. I think I've noticed now in some of my coaching sessions that I'm like thinking back on like, what kind of people were my clients? I think I've noticed the more introverted clients do sort of like having the homework, like the introspective homework, like in between the sessions. Um, they are totally, you know, okay with like talking like plans and things that will be done. But some of the, I guess, the work that happens internally, um, they like to think about it and they like to not give hard answers or um, I've done this, Brooke, the, the zero out of 10, where are you on a scale of one to 10? They'll be, they'll get at to like an eight or a nine. And I'll say, what do you need to do to get to a 10? They'll be like, I got to work on that. Like, I got to think about that. Or I don't know if I'll be able to get to that in the session. Totally fine. My more extroverted clients are just like, yeah, I'm at a 10 right now and let's do this. <laughs> or talk about like all the, all the stuff. Um, and maybe a little bit too much on the, I guess, heart and gut side and less on the headspace side where sometimes my sessions don't have an actionable plan at the end of them. Um, it's kind of hard to balance between those two types of clients. Yeah, I was just going to say, so we've you were talking and sharing about the introvert side and we've shared about that. What are the, the, the hazards of the other far end of the spectrum? Well, what before we before we go there, I have an example that of, of a coaching client that I had a while ago. <clears throat> it was the first time with them and nothing I was doing was allowing that uh, verbal communication to occur. It, was a it, it almost like shut him down in that space. And so I kept adapting different things. The final adaption, I, I don't remember what all the other ones were at the moment, though. What did work is I had a whiteboard in the my office and I stood up and I closed my mouth and I just started writing the things that he had shared. And that prompted him to add more and more. <laughs> and more. And then I couldn't stop, you know, then it was just flowing. All right. That's it. Thank you. Just adapt to find the thing that works for that client. Okay. So now the, I think one more thought. I don't think it's also fair or what we should never think that because we have an introverted or a quiet client, that there isn't a world of thought going on and, a, you know, a lot and, and, um, considering and, um, 
to not sell that client short that, to think that they don't have the, those ideas or they aren't capable of coming up with those answers. Uh, it's just that their process is a little different than what, what maybe you're used to. Um, I think about this in the sense that when I'm somebody, when I'm in a situation that I am feeling an emotion, I a lot of times am incapable of identifying what is going on until I'm out of that situation and able to get out of the emotion and the thinking and, and think about it and really go, okay, wait, this is, but in the moment I can't, there's no, it's not, uh, no, it's supposed to be um, So uh, I could equate that maybe it's a similar kind of experience for somebody who's very introverted is that they need the time to think and process whatever it is they need to process to then move forward with the, their, whatever, in the, whatever they want to, but it doesn't mean that, that, because they don't have the answers right then and there, that, that they aren't full of thought and capable of coming up with them on their own. So don't sell them short, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and also Jerome had mentioned not to take it personally if you are not getting a lot from the client, if their answers are short and, and they're quiet and they're not giving a lot, to not take that personally. Um, that might just be part of their process. Amen, don't take it, per don't ever take it personal. <laughs> uh, and I had a, a, a friend who really did things in a very slow, precise, methodical way. And I'm, our, I'm just even then that I'm talking too fast because he would <laughs> speak <laughs> about like, okay, come on already. Let me, you're, you speak about this, you know, right? So everybody has a different way that they process, a different way that they have the cadence with how they interact with the new information and how they want to grow with the direction they want to move towards. That reminded me, I had a manager. Uh, he was like, well, more that like he was basically the GM of the park I worked at, and he would deliberately speak quietly and so oh my gosh. So that people would tune in and listen like that was it was like it was a technique. He knew that that if he spoke quietly, people would shut up and listen. <laughs> and so it was it was it was definitely yeah. a practice. Like you had to and tune in or you were going to miss what he was going to say. And it could be vital. So it was a very it was a very cool kind of technique to use. But um, and, and the first I'd ever seen uh, somebody doing that. But it was brilliant at the same time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, that's not fair, Anthony, because you're not actually using words. I can tell. <laughs> I've been watching, we've been watching TikTok because we're promoting ourselves yeah, on TikTok lately. TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So come come and follow us on TikTok. Anyway, I've, I've, I've never really gone on to TikTok. And, you know, these guys said, get on TikTok. So I've been watching to see, you know, what is it that I want to do when it's my turn to put something out? And I'm watching these people and they have some people that are whispering. I'm like, Oh, you're just irritating me, screw. There's more people who are going to be talking like this into their microphone very quietly. Um, yeah, that's funny. Um, now I can't hear you. You can't hear me now? Yeah, your mic like adjusted levels for talking to it really close, uh, and now it hasn't adjusted back, I don't think. Okay. What were we talking about? Um, no. 
we've talked about the introvert hazards mm -hmm. or the the difficulties maybe of some of the introverted kind let's swing to the other side of the spectrum what um and this is something i think most coaches may not consider but it, they exist what might be the uh difficulties of coaching a extroverted very extroverted client Jen, so, you... <laughs> so yeah i think has it knows both of these i think she has intimate experience with both of these 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 ends of the spectrum so <laughs> i do um when i think about the extroverted client i think about um sometimes it's almost as if they don't want to stop talking they just want to keep talking. And so, you know, that does present a challenge because you do have to be the strongest energy in the room where you're assertive and you are interrupting or coming in with a question or asking them, you know, what does all of this mean? Or what are all these, what's important about these details? And um, if you could summarize in one to two sentences for me, after 30 minutes of talking, just give me those two sentences. That's, that's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Might be good. <laughs> so there's, there's that fine line of crossing over when it's a productive, I call it productive versus unproductive, right? Is it someone just filling in the empty space with words? Or are they moving towards something in their productive manner? Because there's people that are nervous, that have that high energy, that don't know what to say, but they better keep talking. Otherwise, somebody's going to, I don't know what. I babble when I'm nervous. Like, I babble. I And I, my dad does the same. I get it from my, both me and my dad, where if you... <laughs> If we're like, blah, 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 it means that we're probably, we've got some kind of like our energy levels are raised and we are nerve. We're probably very nervous when I am not nervous and I'm like relaxed and comfortable. I'm quiet. Like I know the value of a good relationship, friendship when, and that I'm comfortable where I am when I can sit silently with that another human being. And I mean, friends, anything like the moment I can sit silently in a room with you that means I'm doing pretty, I'm comfortable. Like, I mean, I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to entertain. I don't feel like I have to talk. I don't feel, I can just be and just chill. And so that is um, definitely an indication of my level of just sort of relax and comfort is if I'm quiet. So I've had coaches who pick up on this with me and I can, because I'll babble in a session, I'll lose train of thought, but I'll just keep babbling. It's not going to stop me. I might have no idea, but I'm, I'm guarantee you I'm going to get back around and it'll make sense eventually. But the most powerful coaches are the ones that were able to get me to sort of pause for a second and realize, Brooke, you're in your head right now. What is important? Take a deep breath and then what let's start again. Head? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, that it helped me significantly being somebody. Now, I, I think it might be misleading to say that all ex extroverts or extrovert people love to talk a lot. Um, what I what I think maybe some of the danger about extroverted clients is that we don't think about too much is how they how they're rewarded. Um, and I talked about earlier that extroverts are rewarded by external stimulation, um, social interactions, things like that. The danger is that the client sometimes might be rewarded solely by the coaching session having had happen. 
and they that's a short-term reward and they may not end up seeking the long-term rewards of what are the actual goals that we're working on. And so what will end up happening is that you'll have a happy client who's coming to session to session. They seem pretty pleased every time you meet with them, but they're spinning their wheels and they're not making progress towards their, you know, ultimate goal, which may lead to long-term, you know, like dissatisfaction. Well, and that's where the importance of setting, that's why, I mean, in the core competencies, ICF, I mean, it's all there, setting that overall goal, making it timely, right? So setting actionable time markers and things, and then we have to revisit those. If our client says, okay, I want to do this by this time, it's our job as a coach to remind them and check in with them. Okay, well where along that road where do you see the steps happening and then when those markers happen there's always a discussion around the progress that is or has or hasn't been made i think because that's a beautiful point anthony a very very i mean uh well a great point um because this i get that yeah yeah <laughs> distinction i've seen between the clients that i've coached so far there's a line between of people who i get to coach versus i have to coach they think of introverted people seem to think of it as a job that needs to be done that they don't necessarily look forward to the session as is, but they see the value in it in a long-term sense. Whereas the extroverted people are like, I'd like to coach and it doesn't really matter what I coach on today. Um, I just like talking to, you know, you and working through the, you know, whatever it is we're working on today. Um, which may not, you know, I'm not saying it one is worse than the other. It's just introverts and extroverts might approach coaching from two different, you know, spheres. It's it's kind of that return on investment. While we aren't talking about a business venture when we're working individually with someone, it's reminding them mm -hmm. what their process is and where their growth is and not creating codependence, right? Mm -hmm. We're not the crutch. We're not the ladder. What we're here is to be supportive in your progress on how you see and want your progress to move um, in that space. Sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it starts off one way and it goes another way, or sometimes it switches. So our adaptability is gonna be what uh, keeps us would it, would it ever be appropriate to just flat out ask your client, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, I, well, no, I think you should, why, if, only if it matters to the client, Yeah, I mean, I mean, let I them bring that, because that, that might mean nothing to them. It's a label. Right? Yeah. Right? It's a label. We don't need to label. And that creates a judgment. Are you it? a loser or are you cool? And it's kind of <laughs> not, right? <laughs> um, which well, and it's also, and then it also, but it's also what value, what value do they attach to these different mm -hmm. terms as well? Yeah. Yeah which is important for us to consider that because yeah. you know, so I would have them introduce the language first and then explore to them what that means to them and, and why that they apply that label uh, one or the other and how is it relevant. Mm -hmm. So so then my question is, this might sort of undercut our whole live then. Let's do it. We're, we're talking about coaching introverts and I'm looking at the title, coaching introverts, extroverts, ambiverts, omniverts. Should the coach even internally register that as, you know, a label to apply to their clients or, is it, or on the other hand, is it just good coaching to be aware of what their behaviors are 
Ding ding uh, ding 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 ding. That's it's the having the knowledge, right? While we may not, the more you know, the more powerful of a coach you make. We we teach mm -hmm. a lot of tools and concepts within um, our classes, but the at the end of the day, we we the core message is it's it's up to your client and it's on your client. But I would say the more knowledge as a coach we have that we can come in equipped with the better it, we are with coaching our clients and, mm -hmm. and, and being able to identify, speak their language, anticipate uh, so that we can question and, and uh, et cetera. I, and I think you make a good point, Anthony, as well. I mean, Brooke's solid on with what she said, but the point is that I think a lot of students think when we're teaching these different tools and techniques, it's for us to identify that client and go, this is who you are. No, it's to be having that awareness and build on that instinct and intuition of watching the patterns and following the flow of what that and where that client is so that we're doing that dance following their lead, but we are much more aware of that information. Uh, I mean, perhaps, yeah. perhaps it's that your client is... Uh, by all accounts, um, appears to be somebody who uh, gains, re-energizes as uh, a, as an introvert would, but they, for whatever reason, um, are doing are forced into extroverted situations, uh, and so here they come to you, mm -hmm. and it's a matter of uh, you being able to ask questions about about no, in knowing that they would be that is who they are, and whatever they mention it, they exhibit those things. So then you ask questions around, uh, well. How do you energize? How does your bar battery recharge? How do you, you know? And that's having that knowledge of what the difference is might help you as a coach then better help your client uh, mm -hmm. in some regard. Ask, ask, ask the questions that may. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the client being these things. I think we have a lot introver introverted coaches that come into this space that are introverted and they go, well, they know they're good listeners because introverts are good listeners, right? <laughs> they absolutely are. They're uh, quiet and thoughtful, all things that would make a great coach. Um, but then they, they think they talk themselves out of coaching. They're afraid um, to ask questions. I don't know what those questions should be. I don't know what those questions are. So what do you say to the coach who is a natural introvert but wants to coach? Or what, what struggles might they be facing? Probably that coach needs time and practice saying things out loud. I'm thinking of myself. In yeah, that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to be able to um, fail forward. I guess that's, I have to be comfortable with failing forward and getting through that space. I find it, I'm like, I want to coach you. Tell me more about failing because I wouldn't see it as a failure. They don't want to get it wrong, mm -hmm. right? They don't want to do harm in a way that would take a client down a path. What they forget though, is they are not leading this. That's the piece. They always forget they are not leading and all they're doing is, you know, being that mirror to their client and noticing the things the client is saying, the body language of the, the client. As you excel in coaching, you're also looking at the different bits and pieces they're leaving out because there's 
very much a pattern present and you notice the overlaying pattern and you start seeing the sub patterns emerge as well. I would say as well, I, from what I've seen interacted with the students coming in and talking to them and working with, you know, clients sometimes the problems that introverts face don't necessarily manifest inside of like the coaching that they do. It's outside. It's everything that resolve, revolves around outside with the business and the marketing. They, well, that too. They, and the, the networking, the having to put the themselves network, out there. Yeah. The, all, yeah. all of those issues are introverts. videos. I have to talk to people. I have to, ah! <laughs> life coach, most of the time, unless you, you know, manage to become some sort of an internal coach with the company or you're adding coaching to your resume, if you're going out there on your own as an entrepreneur or business owner as a coach, you got to talk to people. You got to put yourself out there. You have to find a way to reward yourself by putting yourself out there um, I will to get say the business that. started. I will say, though, there is a way, I think, for the hardcore introvert to do it because the introvert can excel in one-on-one -on -one situations, right? They can excel in those. So I think that there there is a hidden superpower there for the intro introverts, and that's in the the that that having that one-on-one -on -one conversation, that that getting out there and not talking to maybe huge groups of people, but getting into people's realm in the one-on-one -on -one space. The that whatever however they may do that and if it's if it's networking if it's handing somebody a business card just having a conversation with them there's a magic there that the introvert may be very capable of demonstrating i hey look at i can listen and i can be thoughtful and hold a silence that the extrovert might struggle with doing a little bit and the extrovert might be inclined to just sort of run over somebody and, and demonstrate what a coach is not in those situations. <laughs> I, was, I was in, um, it wasn't my seminar. I was dropping somebody, somebody off at their seminar and um, I walked them in <clears throat> and this one lady mentioned, I am not going to tell you again. You better listen up. And she said, blah. And it's like, as soon as you say, I'm not going to repeat myself. Everybody's hearing turns off because everybody gets nervous. That was an introvert. She did not want to be up in front of people. She did not want to have to reiterate what she's saying. I am to the point I'm going to make this happen. You better listen up because I don't want to repeat this again. <laughs> and then everybody in the room, because that put a fear in them in a sense of some nature, nobody could hear what she said. So it's kind of interesting what that can be also. I do the opposite though, because as soon as somebody said this is the one and only time I'm going to say this, I'm going to, I'm okay, shh, shh, quiet. I want to hear. I mean, I can make a judgment and I can might think that you're not a very nice human being and it might make me like you less, but I don't yeah. want to miss it. If I got one chance to hear whatever it is, I want to have an opinion about it. So I better yeah. have heard it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it might make me tune in a little more, but it also might not make me like you as much, which is, I'm sorry to say that, but uh, it's true. And she but, was a very likable person come to find out. That wasn't the point is that, you know, <laughs> she just was much more of an introvert on that introvert side of the scale than she was more in the middle bell area and have that ability to have a conversation and not put someone on that defense in her particular space. I think it would, 
don't and introverts don't go running either in the marketing space because there is a way for you to excel mm -hmm. just do it in a way that works for you do it yeah. in a space that is good for you that that yeah. that that, that basically takes your superpowers and highlights that. So if you're an introvert, then you're probably somebody who's thinking, you're probably capable of writing your thoughts. You probably somebody already writes. So write blogs, right? There are spaces for the introverted people to excel in marketing. You don't all, it doesn't always have to be you in front of a giant room of people, you putting together a video and having to do a song and dance. There are other ways for you to excel even as an introvert. Um, that's, that's kind of the conundrum though too with marketing because whenever whenever people think of marketing they think of the most visible parts of marketing they see the advertisements and the videos and you know people putting themselves out there for marketing but they don't think about necessarily the hidden aspects of marketing which is like seo blog writing uh backlinks and crap like that um you know how that, many celebrities there are that hate like being in front of groups of people like that hate like they they are just as scared they're just as terrified um but what they've done is found the right spaces for them they, they know they can act and then they have a publicist they hire somebody to like help them with the other parts of it um and they grit their teeth through maybe the things they don't like to do but it's interesting um not everybody out there that we think of that may be an extrovert necessarily they may not be they might just be a, an introvert that that has put together a really good marketing campaign that excels for them uh, and works for them, not against them. I, if you're an introvert and you have a, a marketer that's saying you should be in front of crowds of people, I would fire them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brooke, that, um, that's, that's interesting because I, I'm thinking about this coach that I follow that is a self, you know, described introvert. And she's soft-spoken and she, you know, doesn't really show that much of her personality, but she, she drops really, really good content. And I, I wouldn't coach with her personally because I'm looking for something a little different, but I imagine that other introverts are very much attracted to her energy and very much like she's very warm and inviting, but in like a very subtle way, right? Where I'm looking for bigger something more, something louder. And so just by being yourself is going to attract the right client for you. You're going to attract your people by being you. Preach it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the uber important piece right there. You got to be yourself. All right. Live over. Jen pretty much summed it up right there. Preach it. I mean, that is, I couldn't from day yeah. one, that is like, yeah be you because you are i mean it's the authentic it's the real it's unique it's one of a kind <laughs> it's it's re, it's it, as lisa said authentic and real people are going to be drawn to authenticity people are drawn to somebody who is being themselves um and it's okay if you're divisive it's okay if you have an opinion it's okay not everybody's gonna like you and thank god you don't want that <laughs> You don't want that. Can you imagine the stress of having to have everybody like you all the time? No, thank you. Just be you. You're not. We are. We're all. We all are an acquired taste. But when somebody acquires that taste, there's a great deal of appreciation for it. So yes. I don't know. I like the fact that everybody likes me. 
Must that must be an opinion coming from somebody who everybody doesn't like. That's like uh, what is it? It's like a Gaston moment. Uh, <laughs> he was a pretty extroverted guy too. He, he was. And he was very extroverted. And he was the size of a barge. <laughs> um, what else? What other guests on more do I know? He eats twelve dozen eggs a day. So we've talked about the the introverts, the extroverts. Let's not leave out the ambiverts a little bit. So ambiverts, they can go. We mentioned, we touched on it. Could be difficult because they can see all sides. They can be both things. They can swing both ways. Uh, they are all bisexual. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> Lisa's like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so what, what, as, as an ambivert coach or an ambivert client, what is, what, what might, what, how can we help those folks? <laughs> I think it might be having them or getting them to identify sort of what situations reward them because it may not be as cut and dry as the introvert and extrovert they might be highly motivated in some situations to be extroverted and highly motivated in other situations to be introverted um and there may not be that introspection there to know right away but walking them through the steps like if we're talking about them achieving their goals finding out what particularly works for them and really having them tailor their experience towards them. Um, I would, just, this is totally not coaching, but my the thinking as my, like what, what my, who I am as a person and what might help me. Right. And, and Jerome agrees with you. <laughs> um, is that I think that we're, for me, it's about me sort of knowing why I am choosing what I am choosing. Like, because, yeah. because I could go both ways. I, what I want to do is really run down why I do this and why I do this so that I can feel comfortable choosing this way and, and letting go of all the, that other possibility. And like that, that would help me so much, right? Is, is that exploration of, okay, this and this. So I'm making this decision. Now I feel like this is the right like really, really the right decision because it's not as obvious for me. So I have to really explore that. And I think the knowing that I'm making that decision and, and the reasons I have is, is very important to my decision-making. That that emotional relevance kind of is very important yeah. because it's going to keep me from flopping to like going back, you know, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I would have been happier. Maybe, no, I got this. This is the right decision. I've, I've committed to it. Now I'm moving forward and I'm not going to second guess why I've done that. What would you call somebody who's not energized either way? Um, uh, they don't get energy from introversion. They don't get energy from extroversion. Did you hear me? <laughs> I said asexual. Jerome oh. <laughs> says depressed. I, I think that they're going to either fall into talking or not talking or coming in between. I don't understand the question. I'm I don't understand that perspective. What you're sharing, I've just—it's like a hypothetical perspective. I because if we're talking about extrovert, I would say or you're probably right. It's depressed, depressed. <laughs> um, because they're not. Well, they wouldn't not, be talking. Too well, much. they're just the not energized part. about life. We're so dead, it's, yeah. I think life is yeah. gonna, like 
going to drive them to do much of anything. So they're probably yeah. just going to want to do nothing, which sounds like a little bit of depression to me. A dead person. <laughs> They're not there. Get Dan. Recharge again, yeah. <laughs> or maybe they're just content being indifferent. Who knows? Uh, and just that's how they go. They just do. And then who? And I'm not. So maybe applying depressed is not the right label to do that. And it's not fair to do that. Maybe there are people who just do the do, and they don't have a lot of feeling about the whole thing. And okay, that's if that's who they are. That's who they are. You know. <laughs> that's cool. Brooke, back to what you said about um, being coached as a, um, what's, wait, what's the term? Ambivert. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, there's a lot of, of discovering what is most aligned with me, what is most aligned with my values, regardless of whether, you know, I feel pulled towards something else um, because of some thought or some, you know, self-imposed obligation or something. There's a lot of just exploring what am I most aligned with and then and then making the decision to do that or go forward in that and allow that to be easy. Just let go of all of the mind drama that I like to create around making a decision. <laughs> but I like that the mind drama. I have, uh, mine is, uh, appears less as mind drama and more as too many possibilities like well this could this and then this and then there's this and this is, it becomes like i can overwhelm myself with options mm -hmm. <laughs> um and so like you said that would the same thing where it's the matter of like not only becoming aligned with what i really want and what my values are and what works best for me with all the possibility what works best but then really staying focused with on like okay this is the end goal like this is what we're this we're focusing on this one thing everything else can just chill for a minute <laughs> and just do this one thing <laughs> but that might be adhd <laughs> which again i say is the adhd there I, I would just wonder what the incidences of adhd amongst introverts extroverts and uh amniverts are <laughs> um you all look very pensive i just think that, that wraps it up i think yeah yeah just thoughtful final thoughts. introverts right now what yeah. final thoughts can i can i give jerome's final thought yeah. yeah so jerome's final thought is amazing he says the coolest part about this topic is we have the ability to change if you feel like there's an aspect of your life where it would ultimately benefit you to be more introverted or more extroverted. You can learn to be that painful and scary sometimes, but not as painful as being determined, sorry, as being defined by the predetermined definition of the label extrovert or introvert in a situation. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jerome. My final thoughts. And it might just counter Jerome's is that you might not be able to change who you are on the inside. Your brain might just be stuck as an introvert or an extrovert if you're on both sides of the spectrum. But, but, there's a but, Brooke, so don't interrupt me. <laughs> but you can take the time to see the rewards and the values of extroverted and introverted behavior regardless of if you're an an extrovert and introvert you know in here there's always a benefit 
to both sides, um, especially if you feel like you're lacking in one of those areas. So take the time to identify where your strengths and weaknesses are and then compensate for them and then find the reward in that behavior that may not be typical for you, uh, whether you are introverted or extroverted. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. That's my butt. That's, yep. that's where the magic happens, is out of your yeah. comfort zone. Leaning <laughs> into the discomfort, if you're an introvert, leaning in the, into the discomfort of being an extrovert and vice versa. That's truly where the magic happens. You might surprise yourself. You never yeah. know. And, that, and as a coach, be willing to adapt behavior that's going to best serve your client. And adapt your own introverted or extroverted behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't apply your your uh, proclivities mm-hmm. to your client's behavior. Right. Uh, uh, that mm-hmm. would be good advice, I think. Uh, yep. Even though we shouldn't give advice. Um, <laughs> 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 I think that the other flip side of that too, not only do you, can you, uh, and should you make yourself uncomfortable, but also maybe don't view your weaknesses as weaknesses maybe find a way to make your weaknesses your superpowers and get creative in that space so i'm sure we have a live on that exact topic I think we do have a live on that exact topic boom boom just to yeah. say <laughs> <laughs> um you know that you are in fact probably an extrovert if you're doing finger guns i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to use them correctly. Does what does that make me crazy? <laughs> you point it to yourself. What was it? Seventy percent. Seventy percent of people are ambiverts. So they're both. Sixty-eight percent are supposed to be ambiverts. Yeah. So most of us are flip-floppy, back and forthy. Uh, I think that's actually what like the bell curve is like. That sixty-eight percent like in the middle or something like that, or sixty percent in the middle. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, that's it. We're done. We're done. Like and subscribe and follow us. Take our classes. It's three days experience where you get to become a certified. Yeah. And introverts, you don't have to, you don't have to be, uh, on the, in the middle of everything and an extrovert will give you plenty of attention. Don't worry. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for being here. See you next week. Hey everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.